The other day I was thinking about the idea of clarity and how this practice um, allows us to, when we clear away all the, the, the dust in our eyes or the cobwebs or whatever you want to call it, or when we begin to dig our way out from under the delusion that we are so often um, covered by or enmeshed in, uh, we begin to develop clarity, which is seeing clearly the reality of the moment, not because we have glasses or we have 20-20 vision, but the, the clarity of understanding what's actually happening, understanding the, the reactivity that may be present or uh, understanding the wise thing to do. We have this, we come from this place of, of um, wisdom and compassion so that we act from that rather than this place of greed or, or aversion or delusion, which is how so often we have moved through the world in the past um, when we haven't been practicing. At least that's very, very true in my case. Um, as I got older, I began to see things that I did that weren't very wise or skillful when I was able to let them go. But when I really got into practice is when I began to see more clearly and see how I was impacted by so much in my life, so much in my conditioning. And, and in the suttas, there are a lot of uh, references to clear water as a way, uh, as a metaphor for seeing clearly. And there's all types of uh, stories about if the if water has some dust in it or some dirt in it, then you can't see clearly. Or if there's dye in it, or if it's agitated, um, then it's you're and you can't see what's really going on. There's a there's a, a blockage to that, so it makes it impossible to have this clarity. And so it's really important. And as I said, the Buddha talks about it, clarity a lot. And um, there's a there was a monk in Thailand in the last century. Um, he was one of the Thai forest uh, teachers, Ajahn Lee. And he talked about, um, as the mind, he said, as the mind grows more and more clean, it will become as clear and transparent as water, giving rise to an inner brightness. Once the mind is bright and clear, though, it will give rise to awareness. So this clarity is necessary to move into a place of awareness and awakening and liberation. We can't become liberated if we're still stuck in our old views and our old ideas of, of how things are, um, which can be just our own fabrication, our own creation, um, not actually having anything to do with reality uh, because we, we see things the way we want to see them, not as they actually are. I'm not sure who that's a quote from, but that's a fairly well-known quote. We see things as we want them to be, not as they are. Um, and in Buddhist, in, 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 in the Buddhist frame, uh, it's the clarity to see that things are impermanent, to see that life is unsatisfactory. When we, when we, depend on impermanent things to give us permanent happiness, we're going to be un dissatisfied. And that everything is conditioned. We are conditioned beings. We are conditioned by our own lives. We're conditioned by society because of this, 
this arises because of that that arises so to recognize the clarity to recognize that and then the other night I was listening to a short talk by Biku Analio who is a monk um, he's German um, he was ordained and practiced for many years and lived in Sri Lanka but he's now uh, teaching back in Massachusetts at the Barry Center for Buddhist Studies and I I, this is a, a talk from a retreat I sat with him um, last month. And he said, and it, it kind of knocked me over when I heard it, he said um, he was talking about letting go and awakening. And he said um, it's a really important, letting go is important for awakening, Um and he talked about it's important for the awakening factors. We have to be able to let go of hindrances of greed and aversion and, and delusion and restlessness and doubt before we can move into this place of, of awareness and liberation. And he said, this is, Analio said, and I quote, if I had to summarize the whole of the teachings, the whole of the Buddhist teachings in just five letters, I could do it, he could do it in five letters, L-E-T-G-O, obviously it's in English, let go. He summarized the whole of the Buddhist teachings in, in those two words, let go. And it's funny because I read a book a few years ago, this um, book by Ajahn Chah, was another Thai forest monk from, uh, from Thailand. After I finished reading this book, I said, he could have just said let go. So really, that's the, that's the gist of this practice is to let go. And the reason I'm talking about letting go is because once you let go, then there's clarity. You don't get to clarity. You don't get to awareness and awakening without being willing and able to let go. And so, um, and then Ajahn Chah says... No, I'm sorry, it's not Ajahn Chah. It's a, um, a, a quote from one of the suttas. It says, The supreme state of sublime peace has been discovered by the Tathagata, the Buddha. That is liberation through not clinging. So we have freedom when we are willing to let go. When we are willing to let go of uh, anything, everything, it's like everything. It's not just some things. It's everything. Um, and it's not easy. It takes a lot of effort. It takes patience and it takes effort. It takes patience because it's going to take a long time. I'm sure you all have habits that you recognize are maybe not the best, but you still cling to them for some reason, what shape or form. Um, I still do certain, th I still, I, I, I'm thinking of, I'm just like, all these things are coming to my head and I'm like, what, which one should I pick? And it's like, I don't know. Um, I, I can't even think of any, but I know you can think of some else. Anyway, but we have things that we do that we, and this is the time of year that people talk about. They make resolutions. It's like, all right, I'm not going to do this anymore, or I'm going to do that, or I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to whatever. I'm going to stop drinking coffee. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to be a nicer person. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And um, because we all recognize that there are things we're stuck to. 
we're stuck with um, narratives that we talked. I was talking to a friend earlier this evening about how harsh he is um, to himself in his speech. And he was talking about how he thinks it's a lot of um, his growing up. He was, you know, always yelled at, always told it wasn't good enough. Um, and then he went right into the military and it was like all about suck it up, suck it up, suck it up, you know, and not about showing emotion. And so he's, he recognizes that he's in this place of needing to let go of this holding tight to the emotions that are inside. So we ha he has to let go of this idea of can't show emotion, can't, can't be soft, can't be gentle, have to suck it all up because that's so harmful to him. And it's harmful to any of us. I mean, I had that same experience um, for many, 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 many years. I refused to allow myself to express emotion. I thought it was some kind of a failing. You would never see me cry, ever. You know, it was ever. Now I'll cry because why not, right? But we have these things that we hold on to, and it takes a long time. So it, t it takes patience. We need to have patience. Um, we need to be willing to be gentle with ourselves and keep moving in the right direction, moving in the direction we want to go in, and keep letting go. And it takes effort. It takes effort. We can't just let go once. I mean, you hear it all the time. Let go. And it's like, well, how do you let go? Can be willing to see where you're stuck. Be willing to see the stories you're stuck on. Be willing to whatever it is is happening and let go. And there's a there's a Ajahn Chah, as he wrote these 300 and something. Well, he didn't write it. There's a collection of his teachings these three, almost 400 pages of his um, telling us all these different ways to let go. And he says, oh, a meditator must practice with energy or effort. Make the heart grander and brighter. Make it free and independent. Having gonna, done a good deed, don't carry it around in your heart. Let it go. Having refrained from doing an evil deed, let it go. The Buddha taught us to live in the immediacy of the present, in the here and the now. Don't lose yourself in the past or the present. So we have to be willing to be here. He also talks about um, there is nowhere, there is no other place. He says there's always there's always a parade of people. There's always a parade of things that will will drag us away. But we have to make the effort to stay. You know, if we stay here, nothing else can move in. And as soon as we become attached to something else, we're, we're no longer in the present. Um, when I was, I was on a retreat a few years ago, um, many years ago, I think it was like 10 years ago, and it was a... One, the one line that stuck when I came out of it was to cling is to suffer. And letting go is the antidote to clinging. Um, when, when we crave, we cling, and when we cling, we suffer. Uh, and so what do, we, what do we cling to? What are we holding on to? These, we cling on to ideas of who we are, 
should, I should be this way, you should be that way, they should be that way. There's a whole lot of that right now going on. There's a whole lot of shoulding going on right now. The world would be a better place. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a better place, but we get fixated on ideas and we, we struggle with them because people are not doing what they're supposed to do. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. So we have these ideas that we get stuck on. Um, that's, that is the root of so much of our suffering, of, of all these shoulds. Um, but these shoulds are just mental formations. They're just constructs and ideas that we cling on to. Nothing, another famous line, nothing should be clung to as I or mine either. We take birth as a person who needs something to be a particular way. I want that. I've taken birth as a person who wants that instead of just seeing, oh, there is that thing over there. I don't need to have it. You've all, well, that's, that's the hallmark of our society, consumerism. This, this creating a need for people to buy things. They invent things that you don't need, but then trick you into needing them. I wish I, I, I saw a thing, a show the other day. My husband likes to watch these shows on, I don't know, Discovery or History Channel. Well, they talk about how things were, um, you know, the invention, you know, we talk right now it's doing a series on the people who invented toys. And, um, but it's all these, these people who create, have invented all these things and they're always in competition with each other and they all have to be number one. And it's like, why is that? I mean, they all have to be number one and they all trying to cut each other's legs off, um, to be better and to, to one upmanship. But the, it, it, there's a lot of, of creating a need or telling people there's a need where there isn't actually a need. We don't need um, a slinky. We don't need Play-Doh. And I'm just saying that because that's a show I saw last week. But the, you know this. We, we're told this all the time. We open a book. We look at a magazine. We watch. Uh, well, that's, that's how social media makes so much of its money, all these algorithms that tell us what we like and what we don't like. You know, you look, at some, look up something on Google, and the next, next minute you're getting ads for it somewhere else. It's this feeding of craving. And to crave is to cling, is to suffer. And when we start paying attention to that, then we begin to have some clarity. When we can let go or see it for what it is and let go of that need, that false, that false need, that false craving, that false idea of I need this. And this is mine, this attachment we have. That's when the freedom is, when we begin to see that this is bogus. There is no need. This will not make me live happily ever after. Can I let this go? It's not going to fix the pain that may be present. It's not going to fix the, the reality of the human condition, the pain that we experience when there's loss. So we have to practice consistently to let go. 
letting go of the recognizing the teachings that the Buddha offered for this, the hindrances, aversion, you know, not liking something, and then getting all bent out of shape about it, or craving, which I just talked about, um, restlessness and worry, where the mind is just agitated because we're going ping pong back and forth, back and forth. We're not able to rest in the moment. And worry is just a creation of a story that I'm going to lose I what I have or it's not going to work out the way I want it to work out. And it's, and it's going to be painful. There's a lot of that. So, so recognizing it's worry is, comes out of this sense of, um, fabric of this sense of, of, of future that's not going to be beneficial. But that means when we're lost in that future, we're not actually experiencing the reality of the moment, which is where clarity and liberation reside. So we have to get rid of that, um, recognize the hindrances and be willing to let them go. As, as comfortable as those places are, because sometimes we're really comfortable in that place of aversion or anger or um, uh, craving or clinging or desire or restlessness or worry or t- dullness, sloth, torpor, that, that, that dullness, that distraction that, again, our society is so adept at, at lulling us into this sense of, of um, not knowing what's going on, not paying attention, not caring. It's a lot of distraction. Um, we have to be willing to let go of our, our great ideas. Philip Moffat talks about, he talks about three, three things to let go of. I can't remember two of them, but he says we have to let go of being the star of our own movie. Where we're, we're, it's all about us. Um, we have to let go of shoulds. Because when we let go, there is more ease, there's more tranquility, which leads to clarity. You know, and Ajahn Chah, one more time, he said, everything we experience with a peaceful mind creates greater understanding. Everything we experience with a peaceful mind creates greater understanding. If we experience things with agitation or with our ideas of what should happen, it's, and it's not meeting our expectations, there's agitation. So if we can just say, okay, it's like this, then there's a greater understanding, there's a greater ease. And ease is part of the awakening factors. The awakening factors is mindfulness. Of course, everything is, the foundation of everything is mindfulness. We have to pay attention. If we're not paying attention, we're in tomorrow and yesterday or somewhere else. Sometimes we're lost in, I have no idea. I all of a sudden come to and I'm like, who are those people and what are we doing and where are we? I have no idea. Um... So we have to be willing to, um, so the awakening factor starts with mindfulness and then also effort, investigation. What is this? What's going on right now? And the effort to let go, as I said, it takes effort again and again and again. And then there's this sense of ease. There's a sense of tranquility that arises naturally, not because everything's fabulous, not because it's wonderful and pleasant, it's because we're, there's no clinging, there's no aversion. There's just the ease of being present, of being fully in the moment, of in awareness, of clarity, wisdom, seeing clearly. And then um, there's, so there's joy and tranquility, and then there's this um, collectedness of mind, because we're not drawn here, there, and everywhere. 
And then there's equipoise, where there's just this balance, this 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 place of of not being knocked over by any of the winds of the world. Um, and what I want to also talk about, so that's 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 what where uh, uh, letting go gets us into that awakening factors and that that equipoise, that clarity, that that sense of liberation. And those are available. You can touch those today. Absolutely. We're not always in the hindrances. It's just that we're always paying attention to the hindrances, the anger, the aversion, the, the craving, because that's, that's what often causes so much discomfort. But when, there's, when they're absent, we have to recognize when they're absent as well. So what I was beginning to say is we have to also recognize what letting go doesn't mean. Somebody asked this question the other morning in morning meditation because I was um, the invitation for the practice was letting go. And he said, how can we, um, a lot of people when they hear let go, it means to just go, okay, and just kind of let go of caring or let go of, of thinking things are important and just kind of as we used to say, navel-gazing, just going to sit here and stare at my belly and not worry about anything, and that's not what this is. Um, letting go doesn't mean we don't care. It doesn't mean we get lost in a spiritual bypass. Instead, what it does is it gives us a foundation to work from. This practice allows us to see more clearly the roots of suffering and the roots of conditioning that causes this suffering and to work to end them. In fact, I was talking about Bell Hooks last week and she said her practice is what allowed her, is what gave her the foundation to be an activist, to be, to be a, a very outspoken person, to work and, and speak truth to power. She said it was the practice that gave her that because there's this place of of steadiness there's this place of clarity and wisdom you see clearly what needs to be done you see that we see the big picture but we're we're not attached to the shoulds we just see where harm is being caused and we work to ending harm and recognize and that it takes patience patience is here effort is here as well it it may not happen in my generation. It may not happen in the next generation. Letting go of the expectations of what it's supposed to look like by a certain date. We just keep, you know, staying in the present, do what needs to be done. Also doesn't mean we don't plan because there's the relative dealing with our life every day and then the absolute, which is where we're headed to this just place of absolute ease and non-attachment, but we also have to deal with the daily business of doing things. So we plan, but we're not holding on tightly to anything. And there's a quote, um, there's a quote from um, Angel Kyoto Williams that I, I want to offer, talking kind of about this, what we don't let go of. She said, a new dharma is one that insists we investigate not only the unsatisfactoriness of our own minds, but, also, but it also prepares us for the discomfort of confronting the obscurations of the society we are individual expressions of. It recognizes that the delusions of systemic oppression are not solely the domain of the individual. By design, they are seated within and reinforced by society. So to see that 
it's we're working for the betterment of society that society is also very very conditioned and these things have grown up over centuries these these systematic ways of treating people and and um, they cause a lot of harm and it's not about just about seeing clearly the harm we cause ourselves but seeing clearly the harm that's caused by these systems so we work for our own liberation as we work for the liberation of all you know we don't operate in a vacuum but vacuum but we are part of the world around us so we have to be willing to be aware of that, but to also let go everywhere. And in the same thing, we have to be willing to let go of things that benefit us if they cause harm. You know, as Ajahn Chah said, let if you have goodness or something, you know, even, even let goodness go. Anything we cling to will cause suffering. Anything we cling to will cause suffering. Enjoy the pleasant moments while they're here and be with the joy. Be with the happiness. Be with the sadness. We don't push anything away. We have no preference. So when we can let go, then there's this clarity because we're not, um, as Tara Brock likes to say, entranced by anything. We're free from um, that uh, enchantment and instead we're eyes wide open seeing clearly what causes harm what doesn't cause harm and and uh, see where we're stuck and be willing to let go so that's what I have my friends I hope um, this has been of some benefit so thank you for your kind attention Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.